From Washington, this is Political Theater, Roll Call's review of the spectacle of politics on Capitol Hill and across the country. I'm Jason Dick. The House will be in order, and the chair lays before the House a communication from the Speaker. The Speaker's Rooms, Washington, D.C., January 2nd, 2019. I hereby appoint the Honorable Fred Upton to act as Speaker pro tempore on this day. Signed, Paul D. Ryan, Speaker of the House of Representatives. Happy New Year from Political Theater. Because it's a new year in an odd-numbered year, there's a new Congress, and we're going to talk about this new Congress, the 116th. Catherine Tully McManus, staff writer for Roll Call, will be breaking down some of what is new and some of what's old, too, possibly, in, in the new Congress. Catherine, welcome to Political Theater. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. We saw a what amounted to a blue wave in the House. Um, there, there is a record number of women coming to, to the House. Uh, the Democrats retook uh, the majority in November's elections. We've nodded to what some of the demographics are, but we're going to go a little bit more in depth. We're also going to talk about the Senate, because even though the Senate uh, stayed in Republican hands, the Republicans actually added a couple of seats onto their majority. There will be uh, quite a few new faces, and some of the, some of the character, if you will, of the, the place will change, even though it is, as our colleague Niels Lesniewski says, it is a continuing body. Yes, yes. So much will stay the same, but there's also always something new in a new Congress. So the first thing that is the, the sort of shining, you know, sort of headline is that there, this, there will be the most number of women in Congress in both chambers ever. Absolutely. Yeah, it is record-breaking in both chambers. The House will be about 106 women out of 441, mm-hmm. um, and that's 24 percent, mm-hmm. whereas the Senate, for the first time, will be a full quarter of the, its members will be women. 25. 25 out of 100. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was clinched with the addition of a new senator, woman senator from Arizona, appointed. By That's right. the governor of Arizona. Martha McSally, you're referring to, she will be taking the seat of John Kyle, uh, who was appointed to fill the seat of John McCain when, when McCain died last summer in, in 2018. It was the second go around as a senator for John Kyle, but he has left, and Martha McSally uh, will now be sworn in. Uh, it, so Kirsten Cinema became the first woman elected to the Senate in Arizona, and now Martha McSally is the second woman that'll be in the Senate. So we will, in Arizona, they've gone from no women uh, to having represented the state, and actually not that even that many senators since it became a state in 19, or 1912, but now they'll have two women uh, in, in the Senate. So this is a, th- these are big numbers. I mean, it's still, as, as we've noted, it's not reflective of the overall population. Women make up a little bit more than half of the population, but we are gaining, and that is, uh, that's significant for in, in, in the history of this institution. Absolutely. For the first time, um, six states will have all women Senate delegations, and that is uh, a record too higher than the previous. Arizona with Kirsten Cinema and Martha McSally. California has Kamala Harris and Dianne Feinstein. Minnesota with Amy Klobuchar and Tina Smith. And New Hampshire, Jean Shaheen and Maggie Hassan. And Nevada's Catherine Cortez Masto and Jackie Rosen. And finally, uh, Washington State with Patty Murray and Maria Cantwell. And most of those 
senators are returning. They're not new faces. But to have that many delegations where the whole state's team, it's two women, that's fun and a record again this year. And one thing that is, I think, also interesting about this, too, is that this comes um, in sort of the wake of the Me Too movement, um, which, you know, it's just it, it just caught like a, a brush fire, you know, at the end of 2017. You know, it started sort of in, in Hollywood, uh, if you will, with Harvey Weinstein, quickly spread to politics. We saw a lot of people uh, gracefully retiring in the middle of their terms <laughs> so as not to uh, come under further scrutiny by the Ethics Committee or so forth. Uh, people like Blake Farenthold. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and then we saw a record number of women elected to the House. So like that, we're, we're seeing you know changes not just in popular perception, but in, in the way that the institutions reflect the culture. And I think you know the Me Too movement followed the Women's March and the election of Donald Trump uh, to the presidency. And I do think that there is a lot of motivation behind women, especially progressive and democratic women. That did not make up the full wave of women that are coming into the House and Senate, but uh, it definitely propelled many of them. So the House, they, 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 uh, they pass a, a rules package every two years to reflect um, updates, just small things on how the place is governed, but also larger you know, rules of conduct and so forth. And we've seen some of the, what are, what are some of the things that jump out of, of, from that rules package that we're just now starting to digest because Nancy Pelosi and her team uh, in, in leadership just released it uh, over, overnight. Um, what, what are some of the things that stand out to you that are going to be different about how the place is run compared to the previous Congress? My focus oftentimes is ethics, so I'll start there. Uh, ethics training will be annual for lawmakers. It has been an annual occurrence for staff, um, but lawmakers have not been required to be annually trained and updated training. Um, also, members will be barred from serving on corporate boards. That will not go into effect this January. That won't be in, t- in effect until next year. Um, I think it's to give members time to get off corporate boards mm-hmm. if they're on them. Uh, and that came... That was an issue that came into light, especially with the indictment of uh, Republican Chris Collins of New York Mm -hmm. uh, on insider trading charges. He had information about that company's health uh, ahead of other people because he was on the board and he traded on that information. Is Um, is what the the feds are alleging. That's what the feds are alleging. He will go to trial in 2020. And one thing that is 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 also sort of interesting about this, you know, rules package is that there. I mean, th- this is something that these freshmen, you know, th- there are, you know, like up- upwards of ninety new new faces in the house. This is the first thing that a lot of people are going to vote on. That was just released, uh, the, the you know, the, you know, mere you know a day or so before they're actually sworn in, and it'll be the first order of business after they they elect a speaker. So, I mean, there's, that's not a ton of digestion for something that's kind of complicated. There are a few simple rules that I think they will be able to adhere by. One interesting item in the House Rules Package that may seem like fashion but is actually a bigger deal is that a 181-year-old ban on hats in the House will be changed, which seems like a light issue or maybe a fashion statement issue, but actually with the election of the first two Muslim women to the House, um, one wears a religious headscarf. Mm-hmm. Um, so that will it primarily impact her, but it also shows that 
the chamber is opening to new types of people who have never been represented in Congress before by people who look like them. Um, So to have Minnesota's Ilan Omar with a headscarf serving on the House floor um, will be a new site, and the rules will now accommodate that. And uh, one member who probably will be um, happy about this new rules change, too, is Frederica Wilson, a Democrat from Florida, who is known for her hats. She is not she's not Muslim. She doesn't use it. Sparkly cowboy hat. Yes. So we might see a sparkly cowboy hat on that House floor, uh, which I mean, I I could I could uh, I could get behind that. The other provision in the rules package that I've been keeping an eye on is about sexual harassment and Mm -hmm. discrimination. Um, Late in 2018, the House and Senate finally, after about a year of negotiating, agreed on a package of changes to how allegations of sexual harassment and discrimination are handled on Capitol Hill by staff and especially those um, committed by lawmakers. And the compromise bill that came out of the House and Senate negotiations did not go as far as the House original proposal, and they committed to enacting changes for their own chamber in the new Congress, and they that is included in this rules package. The package banned sexual relationships between House members and committee staffers, um, and also it extends lawmaker liability to discrimination claims in addition to sexual harassment, um, those would only apply to House members, which is very interesting. Uh, If this rules package is adopted, suddenly employees in the House will have additional protections that their colleagues across the Capitol would not have. So one of the things that is a sort of a quirk of the um, of, of the way Congress is set up is that the House is is basically comes to an end. The 115th Congress comes to an end at noon on Thursday, and then immediately the new Congress is sworn in, and their first order of business is electing a speaker. Uh, the Senate is not the same thing. It's not a continuing body, and so it, they, they their numbers turn over by roughly a third each two years. So the number of people who will be sworn in. Uh, in in that new in this new Congress for the Senate is is roughly a third of those members, and they'll they'll be sworn in on the floor, and then they'll go to the retire to the old Senate chamber where uh, they'll they'll it's basically the photo op uh, version of that. But uh, the the House, you know, is is can be a little chaotic on these swearing in days, right? Let's talk a little bit about what people can expect to see on the House floor. I mean, you you have people can bring their kids uh, and their oh, grandkids onto the floor. It's a big day for what I like to call. <laughs> Congressional kids sightings. Yes. <laughs> um, most lawmakers don't like them to be too much in the public eye, but it is really changes the dynamic. Uh, and across the aisle, people are overjoyed mm-hmm. to meet each other's kids. Um, they spend so much time away from them in many cases, and to have uh, their kids meet the people that they're spending so much time with at the Capitol uh, is fun for everyone. It does become kind of a zoo. Uh, mm-hmm. There's also celebrations after the swearing in um, and the House Ethics Committee put out some warnings Mm -hmm. uh, a few weeks ago to remind incoming members about restrictions on those celebrations, who can pay for them, um, who can be invited to keep it uh, within the ethical bounds. So Mm -hmm. lobbyists shouldn't be paying for your swearing in celebration. Um, And if you're inviting a lot of donors, it can't feel like a political event. Right. 
can it can feel like a celebratory event, congratulating, but not a hey, pass the hat around for my reelection campaign kind of party. <laughs> right, I just got sworn in, but don't worry, I'm fundraising already. <laughs> and one one other thing that I fi- always find interesting is that since you know um, since cell phones became our cameras and and vice versa, the there is a rule, there's a prohibition against electronic devices and and uh, and using you know phones as fo- as recording devices on the house floor. But there is this little quirk because the 115th Congress ends and before the the, the, the 116th officially begins where it, it it's either they either look at it like there is no Congress right now so everybody can take pictures or we're just going to look the other way. So you'll see like all these people taking pictures and recording and all this kind of stuff. And it, it contributes to this sort of party like atmosphere on the House floor. Yeah, I don't anticipate anyone being sanctioned for taking their family photos on swearing in day. Um, but it is interesting that you suddenly see tons of selfies and things on the floor of the House chamber, which you never see the rest of the year. So nutshell, as, as we kind of like wrap up about like things to look for, I mean, we have all these new people uh, in, coming into both chambers. I mean, there will be nine new senators. Uh, there will be, you know, up, upwards of 100, you know, now um, uh, members of the House. And also we'll have one vacancy to start the year because the Democrats have said that they are not going to seat uh, a, a, a vic, you know, a, somebody from this contested North Carolina uh, election where the, the results are under investigation. So we'll, the whole House of the, the whole number of the House will be 434 plus the six delegates. So we'll, we'll be at 440 total, 434 voting members. Um, what are some of the things that you're going to look for in, in the coming year in your coverage in, in kind of both chambers? It's a target-rich environment. I will say that. <laughs> well, I'll definitely continue to keep an eye on the ethics issues. Mm-hmm. I think that um, incoming members especially, yes, they've been ethics trained. They're probably that's fresh in their mind. Um, But it is complicated. It's not necessarily simple, especially as you're trying to separate yourself from whatever professional and uh, personal commitments you had before coming to Congress. Uh, Those things can get tangled, especially with family businesses and things like that. I will also be keeping an eye out for a lot of oversight action. House Democrats are now empowered to conduct oversight of the Trump administration, and I think we will see that get underway with enthusiasm from the House Democrats. Yep. And in the Senate, we already have some fireworks uh, with Mitt Romney, the the new uh, senator, the junior senator from Utah, has not yet been sworn in. He had an op-ed in the Washington Post in which he said character matters, and Donald Trump has not demonstrated that. It's already provoking fireworks from some of his colleagues. Rand Paul is not very happy about this. Uh, so it, it's going to be an interesting uh, couple of years. And oh yeah, we've got a presidential election too, in which roughly it seems it only seems like half of the Senate is running for for president. It's actually around around. It could be as many as 10 by the time they're done. So it's going to be an interesting couple of years for this 116th Congress. It'll definitely be fascinating. Something that I think people should keep in mind is that the hotshot freshmen are still freshmen. And (laughs) just like in school and anywhere else, uh, the newcomers rarely hold uh, the power. Um, That doesn't mean that freshmen cannot have an impact on legislative action and things like that. Uh, But the Mitt Romneys and the Alexandria Ocasio-Cortezes, they do have some catching up to do to their colleagues who have been at this for a long time. Um, But it's exciting to think about what they can accomplish. Um, And I know that's what they're focused on. 
Well, Catherine, thank you for helping uh, break down what we can expect to see, not just this week, but in the, in the weeks and months to come. And uh, good luck as you head back to the Capitol. Thank you. I'm Jason Dick. Thank you for joining us. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, NPR One, Spotify, or wherever you happen to get your podcasts. And please take a moment to rate us on iTunes. For more on this and other stories, visit RollCall.com or find us on Twitter at RollCall. And you can follow Catherine on Twitter. At K. Tully McManus. And you can follow me on Twitter at Jason J. Dick. And thank you for listening. <laughs>